You're listening to The Growth Sequence, a new age podcast for women to gain confidence, improve relationships, and find peace of mind through understanding their thoughts and emotions. Jillian Perrick is a master's graduate, life coach, and lady boss of her coaching and consulting company, Northern Resolutions. Time for some rosé and realization, ladies. Here's Jillian. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, really. I can tell you it's definitely not morning here because, as we know, mornings aren't great for me. And to make things worse, I've tried to cut out caffeine, and that's going as well as you think it would. I actually had a pep talk with myself before I started to cut it out. I was like, listen, you're going to be really grumpy, and you're going to think everything sucks, but it's just a withdrawal. Have a Snickers, have an app, you can get through it. And then I was in the thick of it for like three days and actually wanted to headbutt someone. I was convinced everything had gone to shit. It was hilarious because I had prepared myself for it and still had a hard time fathoming it as it was happening. This is just an example of how consuming different things can have an impact on our brain chemistry and therefore our thoughts and our mood. Does that mean that coffee is the key to happiness? Anyways... In the thick of my annoyance with the world due to cutting out caffeine, I had an upcoming engagement that I had been invited to and I didn't know if it was the lack of caffeine or the fact that I haven't been implementing my usual self-care routine, but I did not want to attend whatsoever. I've just been feeling very um, physically and mentally drained while also feeling as if I'm not getting anything done, which I know is pure delusion. Feelings are so fun. You see, lately I've been trying to practice saying no to things without dignifying it with an elaborate explanation where I really wanted to say, I don't want to do or go to that. To me, it sounds selfish or self-indulgent if I say no to something simply because I don't want to. It goes against helping out where I can, but also makes me an insane people pleaser. I find myself doing or saying things because I want to induce the least suffering as possible for another human. So for example, I don't want someone to feel bad that I'm not coming to their party or that their party isn't worth my time. But ultimately, I have to remind myself that I am not responsible for another person's feelings. And while I can be nice and polite and respectful, I can also maintain my boundaries. And this is definitely a practice in progress, way easier said than done. I'm still learning how to coach myself on not feeling bad about impacting a person's feelings. And the thing is, is I might not even know that they're impacted. And that's what's crazy is we make up a story in our head telling ourselves that, yes, this person is going to be very upset, but that person could seriously not give a shit. And this is because, like, mostly I still worry about the opinions of others and how that will make me feel. Once again, taking complete responsibility that it is my own thoughts creating this feeling in me. But actively thinking through our thoughts is always going to be a work in progress, no matter what age or gender you are or your relationship status or how many degrees you have. Anyways, this spurred the idea in me to do a podcast about doing everything you can while still setting boundaries in the process. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a workplace where you feel you are maintaining most of the workload? Or have you ever been in a relationship, intimate or not, where you feel like the effort is primarily made by you? Do you frequently get the feeling of this relationship, office, or home would crumble without me? Mayday, mayday, we have a martyr alert on our hands. While it may not be on purpose, sometimes people who feel as though they are carrying the weight in a relationship or something else often exaggerate that they have to grin and bear it because it just won't get done otherwise. They ultimately are seeking admiration or sympathy, and when not provided, this creates resentment and anger. These people are often well-meaning and usually have a difficult time putting up proper boundaries because they believe they are always doing the nicest thing possible. Others can be pompous and just believe that what they're doing is the right way and that no one else is trustworthy enough or smart enough. 
but most people often fall into the first category, and if you're listening to this and the latter sounds more like you, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I find that as a person that moderately cares for the wellness of virtually everyone in my life, as well as being a public servant and wanting to care for the well-being of others, like my clients, I have a tendency to people-please, and this can definitely turn into martyrdom when appreciation is lacking. There are many examples of this. Are you the reliable friend that plans the parties, does the invitations, looks after everything? Are you always there to lend a helping hand, to go above and beyond? How does this feel afterwards? If you find yourself feeling desolate, unappreciated, but continue to do things for people even if you find your own self-care dwindling or you're doing it unwillingly because you believe you have to, this is where you can get yourself into trouble. Have you ever heard the saying, people are not against you, they're for themselves? People are most often concerned about their physical and emotional well-being as well for those close to them, which is the motivation for many of their actions. When people ask you to do favors for them, it's because they're trying to achieve homeostasis when other matters in their life are conflicting and they can't do the work, or they just don't want to or they can't. Um, homeostasis also means like for things to be smooth, normal, um, no conflict, which is where they're trying to achieve homeostasis when other matters in their life are conflicting and they can't get something done, so they elect the help of you. But the main point I'm trying to get across is that people are not usually out to get you or trying to ruin your life. They are usually just trying to get what they need done and have elected the help of you, you ever so giving and caring person. So the first lesson of this episode is when you feel frustrated, unappreciated, try to think about the motives of the other people or person in your situation. Are they just looking out for their best interests and are affecting you in the process? Or are they actually out to get you? In a situation within my professional life, myself and a couple of other co-workers were completing a project and felt completely micromanaged in the process. There was a person higher up that was a part of the project but just kept delegating the work to us and not participating at all. While this was very maddening, we found out later that this person was stretched thin with other projects and other things to do and just didn't want to look like they couldn't handle it to their bosses. This person did nothing out of malintent even though it negatively affected us. So what could we have done? Set boundaries. But setting boundaries makes people uncomfortable because they don't want to make another person feel bad. It really is just a vicious cycle of not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings but then hurting ours in the process. It's going to happen because we are human and we feel things no matter what the outcome. So back to this lesson of understanding another's perspective. Doing this will always cause you to take a look at how you can approach a situation, even if it's uncomfortable. If you go into a situation thinking your coworker is a bitch that wants you to fail, you're going to react a little differently than someone who knows that their coworker is having a difficult time and couldn't handle another project. The next lesson is to do things out of joy. Now this is a tough one because there are a lot of things that we do in a day that there is nothing to be joyful about. I definitely don't happy dance every time I clean my cat's litter box. But there are things that we do because we are morally obligated, like feeding and clothing our children, or completing a task at work because you do it in exchange for money in order to feed and clothe your children. And then there are things like throwing a friend's baby shower or going to your spouse's parents' anniversary party that are asked of us because we are asked by well-meaning people that want or need our help or just simply want us there. And we don't want to say no because of a lot of things that involve not hurting anyone's feelings or not being the bitch that said no. Let's say your friend asks you to watch your dog for the weekend while she's away and you had tentative plans for that weekend that now you can't do because she already kind of assumed you would do it because she's so used to your help. Maybe on any given day you would do this task joyfully, but for some reason today you're feeling super salty about it. 
but you believe you have to do it and therefore do it reluctantly. And then a week later, you have this huge work function that you're dreading and need someone to go with, and she says no because she made other plans. And suddenly, you're recounting all the ways this friend has wronged you and what good of a friend you are for doing anything for this person and how you can't believe she's not returning the favor. Doing things for other people solely based on what they can do for you is not being generous. When you do things joyfully and without expecting anything back, you will realize how easy it is to set boundaries for yourself when the time comes because you're not basing your actions on obligation. You're doing it because you truly want to. Also, you cannot place the same expectations you have for yourself on other people. This is a huge one. You cannot place the same expectations you have for yourself on other people. And this is a chance for you martyrs out there to say, well, you're right, I guess I can expect everyone to be as good as a friend as I. But while there are some common decency rules when it comes to work, friendships, and family, when it comes to extra self like the watch your dog scenario, expectations are just ideals that we create because of our experiences and who we are as people. So your other lesson is to be joyful with your generosity. If you're doing things because you feel you have to and then it brings about a bunch of resentment and other issues, you need to set some boundaries. And interwoven in this lesson is to manage your expectations of other people. Your idea of friendship may look different to you than your friend, just like the idea of a good parent can mean different things to different people. Again, there are common moral rules for the Western world, but there are many dimensions to a relationship or friendship in today's world, and you have to recognize that the expectations you put on yourself to be a good friend slash good wife slash good girlfriend slash good mother slash good coworker may look different than somebody else. The next part is to talk about setting boundaries. Like I said before, way easier said than done, but it's possible. Especially when you're doing things for other people based on enthusiasm and genuine care for this person rather than out of obligation that you have procured in your head. Setting boundaries looks like saying no and understanding that this may make you feel badly, but that your happiness is something you should always be able to satisfy. You can never please everyone. The only person you can always please is yourself. You can emotionally set boundaries, like in arguments if someone calls you names or begins raising their voice at you, you can choose to remove yourself from that argument and set that boundary. A licensed marriage and family therapist who I follow on Instagram shared this quote once, and it was, The only people who get upset when you set boundaries are those who have benefited from you having none. She says that people may get upset because they usually benefit from the absence of a boundary. And while their disdain may not be out of malice or cruelty or disregard for your feelings, this is why you have to separate yourself from the thoughts that make you feel bad about setting a boundary. So I didn't want to go to this function, whether it be with friends or family or coworkers, but does that make me a bad friend, a bad family member, a bad coworker? Not at all, but that might be where my mind goes and how it makes me feel bad. We can set boundaries for ourselves, but that doesn't mean that setting boundaries will feel good. You can set a boundary to end a relationship and not answer his late night texts, but you're not in a feel-good, woman-empowered rom-com where she flips her hair over her shoulder and carries on with her life. Cutting someone off, sometimes no matter how much they've wronged you, can be very difficult because of what you make it mean about you. Or maybe you're just lonely. The bottom line is that setting boundaries isn't always going to be right or wrong. It's a very gray area and sometimes it won't feel 100% great. I might be happy I had stayed home from that function, but a part of me might be sad that I missed out thanks to Snapchat and Instagram stories and I may feel like I'm letting other people down if I don't attend. But Linda, honey, listen, self-awareness is the most valuable trait you can have because if you can verify that something will be better for you, even if it's for the long run rather than immediate satisfaction, then you can set appropriate boundaries. It may not always be black and white, it may not always feel good in the moment, and you might not ever know how it has affected another person. But you control your thoughts and you can choose to remind yourself that everything you do is in your best interest and that means you're saving your cocktail for a party you want to be at.
So let's recap today's episode. Perspective on where someone may be coming from. Do favors with joy or not at all. And manage your expectations about others. With setting boundaries, understand that it won't always feel right or good, but be self-aware and do what is in your best interest. And some philosophy. Don't cut out caffeine because you'll be a raging bi- Oh, wait, wrong quote. If it costs you your peace, it's too expensive. And that was today's episode on setting boundaries. So I just wanted to ask, how did everybody make out with the Hustle and Bloom ebook? And if you don't know what that is, it's a Monday to Friday survival guide with five to 10 minute activities for each day of the work week. You can follow along with the podcast as I've uploaded a mini episode for each day of the week to go along with the activities for that day. You can find the ebook at the link in this episode. I hope you have a great week, my loves. Thanks for listening to The Growth Sequence with me, Jillian Perrick. In this week's podcast description, you can access my social media links as well as my website and contact information. Send me an email and reference The Growth Sequence podcast in which you can receive a free discovery call if you're interested in one-on-one coaching. Make sure to subscribe here on Apple Podcasts or my SoundCloud page and don't forget to rate and review. Thank you and keep coming back for more insightful episodes about life, love, and work.